right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a very special edition of the podcast because it's a how I got here with Marlon Yoder, who is a car chief for MDM Motorsports in the ARCA series. And listen, the odds are that you've never heard of Marlon Yoder, but I tell you what, he has one of the most fascinating stories I've heard, and this might be the best how I got here in terms of the backstory that we've had so far this year. So I'm really excited to bring it to you. I don't want to spoil what a great story this is. So let's just get right into how Marlon Yoder got to be involved in racing. All right, everybody, I'm here with Marlon Yoder. And um, first of all, thank you for joining me. Can you can you let us know um, what your current position is with um, MDM? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, my uh, current position and uh, has been for this is going on my third year. Uh, with the same crew chief, uh, Marty Lindley. I am the car chief uh, this year for Zane Smith, uh, running the uh, running for a championship in the ARCA series. That's awesome. So um, I understand you have an interesting backstory. When I was um, talking to people about this feature, uh, several people nominated you to do this. So why don't we start with? Um, can you can you tell me how you grew up and and what your upbringing was like? Uh, was racing ever on your radar at all? No. Um, so I was born and raised Amish, and I, I left the Amish when I was 17, almost 18, and we weren't allowed to follow any sports, play very few sports. Uh, we, were, we were allowed to play like basketball, uh, or not basketball, um, volleyball, and so we could play volleyball, but no basketball. Um, no hockey, softball, but not baseball, that, that sort of stuff, but definitely not racing. That was, that was very looked down upon. And so this is up in Wisconsin, is that correct? Yes, I was, uh, I was raised in Wisconsin. So were you even like, uh, I mean, you know, I, I guess I have preconceived notions about being Amish, like probably a lot of people do. So set me straight on this, but, um, you, you didn't have a TV, is that correct? Like, I mean, were you even like aware of NASCAR and things like that growing up? No, we weren't. Uh, we didn't have TV or electricity or or radio, uh, so we didn't have any music. Um, and since we weren't allowed to follow any sports, like growing up, I knew I didn't I didn't know anything of any sports like the NFL or NASCAR. Or, or racing in general, racing cars in general, I didn't know anything about it. So how then did you first hear of NASCAR or racing, I guess? So when I was 15 years old, I had a buddy of mine that left the Amish, and I stayed in contact with him, and anytime I would need to get a hold of him, I would call him, but since we didn't have a phone... I'd have to run across the street and use our neighbor's telephone. Okay. So I still remember the first time I used the phone. It took me a little while to figure it out because you know, <laughs> I had no clue how to use it. Wow. So, but anyways, he brought me a, uh, a little AM, FM radio. It's just pocket size. I could hide it anywhere because obviously I wasn't allowed to have that, you know? Yeah. So I got one country station in. And I just happened to come across the race one Sunday afternoon. And, of course, I didn't know anything about it, but 
the the MRN guys and the PRN guys and, and them guys do a really good job of painting a picture and and make it sound so exciting yeah you know? so that's what what drew me in so I just started listening to it and I didn't I didn't know who who anybody was I didn't know what the cars looked like I'd never seen pictures of the, of the race cars so this was all an image that I knew nothing about but like I would build the image of what I thought how how it was happening and, and what it looks like so you didn't know like you know where they're going next week or you know this driver had his past I mean everything you know is just they're singing on the radio and you're like okay you're just absorbing as much as you can trying to imagine it essentially yeah like I had no idea what what the racetracks looked like I I'd, I'd never even seen a picture of a racetrack you know so I, I didn't know what a racetrack looked like um or a race car so but like when i when i did when i finally did leave the amish um that very day i watched my first cup race and it was the atlanta cup race in 2008 in the spring there and it was uh i I still remember seeing my very first pit stop and i asked my buddy i said why are they putting worn out tires back on the race car um i had never seen racing slicks like i didn't know there was such a thing oh, as, yeah. as a racing slick you know <laughs> so when i seen him put racing slicks back on the tire I, I, I couldn't understand why i always i've always seen treaded tires wow so did racing play into your decision to leave the amish or had you left for just completely other, um, other reasons altogether no it was it was other reasons altogether um obviously that was that that was something I started following uh, when I was still Amish, even though I didn't know anything about. And then I kept following it, and I would never miss a race on TV. And I would go to the local short track every Saturday night and watch the races. And so it just it just built from there. So once you um, left the Amish, were you like, okay, you know, this is something that I want to do, or was it just a hobby for a while? Like you said, you're going to the short tracks and watching it. Are you thinking? man, I'd love to work in this, or how, how did that evolve, I guess? So for a long time, um, I would just go to short tracks. I mean, I'm talking a couple of years, you know. I would, I would me and my buddies, I had a couple more buddies that left the Amish uh, about the same time I did and after I did, and we would all go to the sh- local short track every Saturday or do a couple of local short tracks Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. We'd go to Slinger um, and, and places like that. But so, so finally like we'd watch these street stock races and we were like man like i think we could do that you know uh-huh. and so w- the buddy that left a couple years before i did he was the oldest one so he would drive uh, when we first started and so we bought this street stock and we didn't have any clue how to work on it we didn't know what what it took to make it go fast we didn't i still remember asking people um what i need to change to tighten the car up Wow. You know, or to free the car because I didn't know what a right rear spring change does or or a wedge adjustment. You know, I had I had no idea. We were green as you could as you could imagine. You know, huh. so so it just started from there, and and finally I got my own car and I would race every Saturday night. You drive? Yeah, I was driving, and I would so I would race most most every Saturday nights and then in between whenever I wasn't racing I would go help buddies on their super late models and and that sort of stuff and finally 
like I was working every night until two in the morning working on my car or working on a buddy's car just just for fun just to learn like that's what I enjoyed was just learning about a race car what what makes it go fast what makes it turn what what everything does and so after doing that for a couple of years I, I finally kind of kind of thought about it and and I'm like as much as I enjoy doing all of this instead of having a regular job and at that time I was doing roofing wow and uh so I would roof houses during the day or build pole sheds or whatever build out buildings and during the day then I would come home work on my car or or work on my buddy's cars and fi- so finally I I decided man like why don't I go to North Carolina and see if I couldn't do this for a living. Wow. I should get paid to do this because this is so much fun. Uh Uh-huh. And so that's what happened a a couple years ago. At the end of 2014, I finally, I I decided, man, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to see if I can't do this. So I took two weeks off of work, first two weeks of 2015, Took took off of work. Of course, we were slow anyway. Roofing houses in Wisconsin at that <laughs> is uh, at that time of the year is is you know pretty slow. I bet. So, I came down. Um, I didn't know anybody down here. I had talked to one guy on Facebook messaging or something um, that I was chatting with a little bit that I raced against when I was driving, but I had never met the guy. Okay. So I raced against him, and then he moved out of Wisconsin. He moved down here to Mooresville, and I had seen that. I was friends with him on Facebook or something. So I started chatting with him, and so that was my only, like, slight connection down here. So so I, I, I came to Mooresville, and the first week, like, I, I knocked down every shop door I could think of, I knew of, I'm and anything from from super late model teams to modified teams, cup teams, Xfinity teams, every shop I could think of and I'm and I'm on Google like try, finding race shops and I'm I'm finding race shops at that point that I had, you know, race teams I never heard of and you're just showing up. And I'm just showing up and and knocking on the door like hey, you know, told them my story like I want to I want to work on race cars never, you know, haven't done it professionally but but I want to learn. I want to, this is what I want to do. And so the first week, no luck. And, uh, and in that first week, that buddy or that guy, he's, I'm really good friends with him now that I was chatting with. Um, I, uh, I, I met up with him and he's like, yeah, like, man, if you find a job, I have a spare bedroom. Like you can stay at my house. Dang. And, so I'm like, well, that works out perfect. You know, I got to know him. He's, he's a really, really nice dude. And so... And what's his name? Kyle. Okay. Um, I got to be really good friends with him, and uh, and he's helped me out with, with quite a few things. Uh, when, I, when I first moved down, I would have questions, and, and at that point he had quite a bit of experience, and, and he would help me out a lot. So the first week, no luck. The second week, no luck on Monday. On Tuesday, I stopped at a super late model team, but they also ran some truck series stuff. Mm-hmm. So 
I didn't know who, I had never heard of the team before, and turns out they were from Wisconsin. Like this guy, the team owner was originally from, from Green Bay, Wisconsin. And so I left my resume, which wasn't much of a resume, you know, and because I didn't get a chance, I, I didn't get to talk to him. He was in his office. Okay. So I leave, and I'm, I'm only two minutes down the road, and my phone rings. Wow. And it's a 704 number, Charlotte number. I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. Somebody's uh-huh. calling, you know? Yeah. So, so it was him. It was, it was Richard Waters, and I went back. He wanted me to come back and, and talk, and so I did. W- went back. We, we sat down and probably had a 20-minute conversation, and he gave me the shot. Wow. He, he told me I could start as soon as I want, and this was on a Tuesday, and I told him I could start on Monday. So I went back home. You drove all the way back? Went drove all the way back. It's like a 14, 15-hour <laughs> drive, you know, and got all my stuff that I could fit in my car, and the rest of my stuff I left there for that for that time, you know. So I g- put everything in my car that I thought I could possibly need, clothes and such, and came down and stayed at Kyle's house, and it it went from there. I worked for 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 Waters that that in 2015, and it's just it's just going up from there. So what did you start out doing? What like what job did he offer you that you started out doing? Um, I started out just a general mechanic just kind of helping and and obviously at that point i didn't i didn't know a whole lot so Mm -hmm. but with him being a he was a smaller operation it was a lot easier for me to learn so so and i was able to learn all aspects and all areas of of a race car and so i was i was a tire specialist on a on a super late model deal he taught me how to do that stuff and then and then a general mechanic as well wow so how did it evolve to where you are now as a car chief? So we went to the Snowball Derby that year with Richie um, at the end of 2015 there. And at the Snowball Derby, the, the company I work for now was just starting up. And so all these guys were at the Snowball Derby. That was like it's like a week off for everybody you know everybody goes to the snowball derby yeah and and they seen me there and somehow or another they had heard about me through the year i guess through 2015 they had they had heard um i guess some good things about me or something and so i heard that they wanted to talk to me well i had i'd never even heard of them guys either you know I, i didn't know who they were so i somehow got a hold of their phone numbers or something and i called them and they wanted to hire me on the spot so i started with them in january or february of 2016 uh they hired me to uh to car chief for marty lindley and that first year we ran uh the the, uh, knn east schedule with kyle benjamin okay and uh finished second in points that year then uh then last year we ran uh, Harrison Burton on the on the full East schedule and won the championship in in the East series, and now this year we're uh, running for the championship with Zane Smith in the Arca series. Wow, that's a pretty incredible journey. So, so I guess you know, hearing you tell all the story, it just makes me wonder. Like, 
obviously, you know, you're, you've sort of found this dream and, and been able to achieve so much, but there, you know, there had to be a lot of, uh, emotional, difficult parts of it along the way. Like, I mean, you, you left all your, all your upbringing behind your family and friends. Um, I mean, do they know what you've been able to accomplish? Like, are you in touch with any of those people? Like, you know, are you able to say like, look, look what happened. So I still talk with my family a little bit. Um, like I'll get a letter from my mother every maybe twice a year and she'll call me like once a year as well. So, and then usually like this, this far I've always, uh, took like a week of over Christmas or whatever Christmas vacation and I will, I'll go to Wisconsin uh-huh. for vacation. So I'll see my friends and family, um, but I, I'm not allowed to spend a lot of time with my family because oh, I of I now have nieces and nephews, and so I'm like a, a bad image, I guess. because They don't want you to influence them or something. Right, so my nieces and nephews see Uncle Marlon come to the house. He's driving a truck. He's not dressed like they do. And that's what raises questions, and and that's the the Amish are really big on, on hiding things in the outside world to the children. Like that's their their big thing is to hide everything from the outside world, so they don't know. So when you get to be seventeen, eighteen years old, like what I was, and I want to I want to leave the Amish, you don't know anything or anybody. You know you you don't you don't have anything. You don't have any money. Um, because they, they keep all your money until you're 21. So you, like when I left, I didn't have a penny to my name. Oh my gosh. You know, so, and, and the clothes on my back. So it's just, it's really, really, really hard to leave. And it was, it was, it was pretty hard at first. Um, as far as we were a really tight knit family. Uh, My family is really tight knit. So when I left, it was... A little difficult, I guess, in, in that aspect, but I was determined that there was better things for me than than stay Amish. I, I always felt like like there was there was bigger and better things that I would be able to accomplish in my lifetime than being, you know, a farmer, staying Amish and, and doing and doing all that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I felt like like I personally didn't want that, mm-hmm. you know, and and like my parents still to this day don't agree with that, okay. you know. And in March it was ten years uh, since I've left. Wow. And they they still still don't like they won't ask me any questions of my life, what I do. So, anyways, I was there last Christmas. Um, I was there, I guess, at my parents' house for a couple hours. And they never once asked me about my life. Like, I haven't talked to them in a year. And they never once asked me, like, what I do, what I, you know, what I've accomplished. They, they, if they want to know, they pretend like they don't want to know and they don't ask any questions. Wow. Um, but, like, they also, they, they don't also, like I said, don't know anything about, say, racing. So I did tell my mom, even though she didn't ask, I told her that we won the championship, we won five races on the K&N East deal, 
and won four ARCA races with, with just random drivers. We, we ran last year on a partial schedule. So, like, it was a really good year last year. Yeah. We, we had a lot of success. And so I tell my mom this, and it all goes right over her head. Like, huh. she has no idea. She's like, like, what does that mean? Like, is that good? I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> like winning a championship is that's like top of the line. Yeah. Like, that's what, you, what everybody wants to do. That's the, that's the goal. And so th- they just they don't grasp what, what that's all about. Wow. That's unbelievable. Well, that's, that takes a, a lot of guts and bravery on your part to to do that in the first place and to go after this dream. So I guess I'll close by asking you where you're at now. Um, you're, you're certainly successful and, and achieved more than you probably ever dreamed you could. Um, do you have further goals and aspirations in NASCAR that you want to get to? Or are, are you just living the dream right now and, and happy that you know, you've made it to, to this point? No, I'm 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 not satisfied. Definitely not. Um, I want to win races and championships on the top level. Okay. That's like the Cup Series is is my next step. That's that's where I want to go next. And I've actually unfortunately had to turn down a a few opportunities this summer about a month ago, um, just because I've committed to my crew chief. And I'm committed to this team to win races and to win this championship this year with mm-hmm. Zane Smith and on this ARCA deal. So, like when that's over with, then then I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take that next step if if that opportunity comes, and I think it will. I, I've been making some some really strong connections, and uh, so and, but but yes, that's my next step. Is I wanna. I definitely want to win races and championships on the top level. Wow. Well, really cool, really inspirational. And uh, I think on behalf of everyone listening as well, I just want to say thanks for sharing your story and opening up about that. It's really neat to, to hear that. Um, quite an interesting background. So thank you so much. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Wow. What a story there. Um, clearly he's, quite successful. I can't imagine leaving your family and friends and everything you've known to go after, um, you know, a dream. Obviously it wasn't necessarily racing. That was the dream for him, but just the dream of a better life. And now to be in racing and, um, be as successful as he's been able to be so far and perhaps more in the future. Pretty impressive. I actually told him after we stopped recording, he should consider being like a motivational speaker sometime you know, go to a company and speak because, um, you know, that, that message sort of, I think applies to many things in life. If you're not happy with your situation, go change it. Even if you have no idea how you're going to do it, even if you have nothing, um, no resources at the time to, to make the leap like he did. So pretty impressive guy there. I'm really enjoying doing these interviews this year. It's really gotten me to, uh, be able to sit down with people that I wouldn't normally get to talk to at the track. So if you have any other suggestions for, how I got here interviews, even if it's just the type of occupation that you want to see featured in NASCAR, not necessarily a specific person. Shoot me a note on Twitter at Jeff underscore Gluck or shoot me a DM. My DMs are open. Now, before we go, I do want to give a thank you to those of you who have been using my Amazon link. That is jeffgluck.com slash Amazon. Pretty simple. And what happens is before you start your Amazon shopping, you type in that link, jeffgluck.com slash Amazon. It takes you right to the Amazon homepage, puts in a little tracking code up there, and then your purchase, I get a commission based off that. 
and I get a check each month. And my wife, Sarah, and I are using that for baby stuff to get ready for our arrival this October, household items, things like that. So it just helps out, and I don't have to spend my Patreon money on things that could be purchased at a store or you know just from daily life that you can get from Amazon. We use it all the time. So thanks to those of you who have been doing that. The next podcast will be from Sonoma Raceway. I'm actually headed down as you hear this Thursday, um, driving down 10 hours, 15 minutes, I think the GPS says, uh, to Sonoma with my wife, Sarah. Come out and say hi if you're coming to the track on Sunday. Hopefully she'll swing by the tweet up as well. She's That's her only race she's going to this year. She likes that trip. You know, it's fun for her to go out. It's a great area, um, although she won't be drinking any wine this year. But after the race, I'm hoping to do a post-race podcast with Will Rogers, the NASCAR Next driver. He finished second in the K&N West race at Sonoma last year to Kevin Harvick. Got a lot of attention after that. He's running that same race this year. He just won the road course race in the K&N E-Series at New Jersey last week. So uh, a lot of promise for his career, and he's going to help me break down everything that happened in the road course race on Sunday. So that'll be exciting. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this. Make sure to send a tweet to Marlon Yoder. If you want to get in touch with him about how you enjoyed his story, his Twitter name is Marlin, M-A-R-L-I-N underscore Yoder, Y-O-D-E-R. I'm sure he'd appreciate hearing from you guys after opening up his life story there. Probably make him feel good. Anyway, thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. <laughs>